an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. Trick or treat, beer drinkers. Welcome to the Cold Brew Halloween special. This is a special episode wherein Amanda Bear Lecter and I talk about Halloween, the movie. We actually compare the original Halloween 1978 to the Rob Zombie remake Halloween 2007. Compare, contrast, uh, we even bring up all the other <laughs> Halloweens. We talk about Halloween candies, we talk about Halloween costumes. I think we talk about costumes, I don't know. It was, we, we talk about a lot of stuff. We all even talk about um, Halloween kills. And we bring up uh, all sorts of fun factoids about Halloween. Anytime I could record with Amanda, it is a it is a treat and an honor. And uh, we just we had a lot of fun recording this, so we hope you have a lot of fun listening to it as well. Uh, before we get to the show, just want to remind you to follow us on Instagram and untap search Cold Brew Podcast and email us at coldbrewpodcast at gmail.com and just a fair warning there are some explicit words in this episode so without further ado it's time for the cold brew halloween special do you believe in the boogeyman so how many times have you seen the original halloween and more than 10 yeah. because I know I, I watch it every year mm-hmm. and at, usually at the beginning of October and uh, for more than 10 years. So, yeah, I have a couple different DVD versions of it. I watched the last drive in version of it with Joe Bob Briggs and <laughs> every year I watch it. So a bunch, a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that, I think that's a. a- a unit of standard weights and measures, right? A bunch? Yeah, a bunch. A whole bunch. <laughs> well, <laughs> would you consider Halloween your favorite of all the classic horror franchises? Well, I'm talking about like Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers and I even throw maybe Chucky in there. You know, I really, for me, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. That's really my favorite. Um, yeah, just because, uh, yeah, it's like, it's just my favorite. It's the most ridiculous and <laughs> <laughs> over the top. And yeah, I just, yeah, that's my absolute favorite. Well, for me, it, it has to do with the actual villain. And when I was younger, it was Jason and Michael were just boring. Freddie, who had a personality, he was, he reinvented himself so many times throughout his movies. Mm-hmm. And now, being older, though, and going back and actually watching Halloween with a, a critical eye, now I see the brilliance in it, which I didn't when I was younger. So, but, you know, that notwithstanding, Freddy's still my favorite. That whole Friday the third, I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise mm-hmm. is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's my favorite just because, I mean, Freddy's a real bad guy. You know, he doesn't have like, an origin story that makes him likable at all. And well, I, I think that is like, neither did Michael until the, the Rob zombie one came out. He right. Made him, and, yeah, well, made him more sympathetic. Right. And 
Yeah. And that's one of the things that I don't like about it is that, well, now I have a backstory for him that I have to feel bad. Now I have to understand his motives and I don't want to understand his motives. Right. That was I the whole just point want of... him to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just want him to be the like faceless bad guy mm-hmm. in the background. Who's like watching and you know, you don't necessarily understand his motives and you don't need to, and that's why he's scary. And that's a good point. Him being faceless. Well, he just got that white blank face. So you can really superimpose your own um uh what do you call it, phobias onto him. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes it to me, it makes it so much more psychological, like mm-hmm. so much more scary. Right. Than if I know everything about him and why he's doing what he's doing. So yeah, I agree. So let's let's go let's go back. Um, the whole point of this was we are going to compare the original Halloween with the Rob Zombie remake because those are like two starting points, I guess you could say, for the franchise. Even though it got rebooted so many times, and we'll even talk a little bit about the current. Is it trilogy or just the two right now? It's just the two right now. Okay, because I I read somewhere the the current trilogy. I'm like, wait a minute, I just thought. They put out two, but we'll, we'll, yeah, I, I thought it was just, yeah, I thought it was just two. Maybe it was a misprint, but, uh, so yeah. So the original was 1978. John Carpenter, um, wrote it and well, co- co-wrote it with, uh, he, he created it though. And, mm-hmm. um, it started Donald- kind of reluctantly created it. In fact, <laughs> Oh, can you expand on that? Well, it, it was, he didn't want to be a horror director. Like he was directing all these other things and going out for all these other projects at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, um, gosh, I can't remember who came to him with the idea, but the, they came to him with an idea. It was like, I want to make a movie, a horror movie. And I want it to be called the babysitter murders. And that was right. the original like working title yeah. of the movie. And he reluctantly kind of took Halloween, but then like, you know, it blew up and kind of became his legacy after that. But correct me if I'm wrong, because I watched it groggily last night, um, Halloween Kills, but they referenced the killings as the babysitter babysitter killings, didn't they? The babysitter, yeah. Yeah. A little Easter egg in there. The yeah. Yeah. So that's where that connects. Um, um it came out in nineteen seventy eight. It had a budget of three hundred thousand dollars and it went on to make at the box office uh sixty million. And if, I mean, if you, but if you talk about franchise alone, it's got to be in the billion, right? By now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it now, I mean, this is a franchise that started 40 years ago. So you've got like, he definitely, John Carpenter got, you know, a portion of the profits of that movie and it probably has paid for his entire career and his freedom to do whatever he wanted as a director. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely was his, uh, um, the start of it, it jump started his career because he had a couple notable movies beforehand, but it was more of a cult following. It wasn't like a box office success, right? Yeah. Um, and let's see. So the the movie is really basically like you said, it's a babysitter. It happens on Halloween night. Well, first off, it starts off uh, this little boy kills his sister, and then he gets caught, gets put away in a mental facility, facility escapes. And then on Halloween night in 1978, he goes and um, kills a bunch of people in Haddonfield, yeah. Illinois. And I I love that that opening scene where you're just seeing like the blinking in the mask. You know, mm-hmm. they're showing you 
like the mask over the camera and you're just seeing what he's seeing and you don't realize that this is a child that this is like, so you don't realize that until you get the pan out and he's in the little clown costume holding the knife and his parents are like, Michael, you know, like like, we're not more worried about you're not running inside to see like, yeah. And uh, the thing that got me was because going, doing the, watching the, the remake, the Rob Zombie reboot is instead, instead of just, showing us um, what they what John Carpenter did. He actually, they, they actually had a child actor because when I first saw it, or not when I first saw it, but when I started watching it for this time, this go around, I realized that John Carpenter, maybe he couldn't find a child actor that was good. Maybe he really wanted a child actor. And then he's like, you know what? I'll just do point of view. It also makes it a little bit more, you know, your, your mind's eye comes up with stuff and, they uh, instead Rob Zombie actually had a child who who did really well though I thought he was a really good actor yeah and um, actually gave a little backstory before he even murdered anybody and John Carpenter went the other way around he did very simply um, very simple very kind of like stripped down version of a murder and they didn't even really show the murder because we, we see it through his eyes and right it, yeah and and the mask actually blocks most of what you see, I mean, you see a little bit of boob Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) like the mask actually blocks most of it. But yeah, yeah, I think that John Carpenter just, he was just like, no, whatever. This is the backstory. This is as far as we're going to go with that. And it was pretty, I mean, this was pretty brilliant, but maybe he wasn't even like thinking that through as, (laughs) as much as horror fans have like, thought it through now he was just like okay we got to do a little backstory here so this is it and now we're moving on because you know michael myers was originally like the shape he was he didn't even have a name in the credits of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just the shape and you know they had this cheap mask that they just spray painted with so william what is this like a william shatner I heard, captain kirk mask you yeah. know that they spray painted white to make the the mask and it cost like two dollars and it was very like off the off the cup and like one actor doesn't even play michael through the whole movie it's just whoever was available to like throw the mask <laughs> on and uh lean you know lean around the corner and <laughs> be creepy so you could tell like if you watch the movie closely michael myers height changes <laughs> several times in the movie or whatever but uh yeah i don't know if um i think that in the rob zombie version the child actor did a really it's it's good, you know, like. Yeah. Well, and I think it also is a uh, John Carpenter fell victim to his budget too. Maybe he's like, well, right. we, we can't get someone, so let's just uh, um, leave it off off camera. Yeah, yeah, and you know, maybe it was uh, a lot more controversial, maybe at that time, to like use a child actor in a horror movie. I'm not mm. really sure. That's a good point. And then, yeah, because uh, when they see when they see him, he just it was it's like they do a set shot for a portrait or something like you stand here. Like the, the parents are just like still. So is, so is yeah. Michael. Yeah. Nobody's moving. Mm-hmm. And the camera yeah, zooms like back. The kids. Yeah. He's just holding the knife. It's like, so I'll stand here, hold the, hold the mask in one hand, hold the knife in the other hand and look surprised. Okay. You and know, they, so they, they recreated that shot for the Halloween kills, right? Kind of when Michael comes out of the house and all the cops are standing yeah. there and the camera tracks back, just is there's yeah. a lot of the whole, parallels or easter eggs in the these final two movie Halloweens that i was just delighted every time i saw something like that 
Right. Yeah. I love all the callbacks in mm-hmm. that. I really did. Like that was all really well done. I do. Ha- I have some bones to pick with that movie, <laughs> but we can get to that a little okay. bit later. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to the original though, um, I remember seeing it when I was younger and just, I was like, there's no way these girls are, are teenagers. <laughs> I, it was there. It was a wardrobe more than anything. Their their vocabulary was totally like late seventies, early eighties. Totally, totally. <laughs> they used totally like I think in every fucking right. sentence. But yeah, the Jamie Lee Curtis looks like a middle aged woman. Um, <laughs> the, her two friends, um, Annie and uh, I've, we were just talking about this earlier. PJ Souls plays her character. Um, Is it she, Margo? Is it Margo? I'm looking at no, it. Right now. Um, yeah, I can't. It's yeah, completely left Linda. my brain. Linda, there we go. Margo, I started watching. <laughs> uh, I know what you did last summer, oh, okay. and now I'm replacing characters' names with characters from that. Gotcha. So <laughs> I'm just like I'm just making things up as I go along. But yeah, they they dress like like they're college students. Uh, you know, they have like. Layer. I mean, when I was a teenager, I just remember wearing a T-shirt and jeans and these uh, people are wearing like, you know, layers of, of like a shirt with a vest on it and a jacket over it and all these accessories. I don't remember dressing like that in high school. But then again, it's 78 and I went to high school in the 90s. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, going to high school during the grunge era was a lot easier. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I had four baby doll dresses in the rotation, a pair of ripped up jeans and everything was with my docs. And that was it. You know, it was like, that was, it was in the rotation. It wasn't a fashion show. <laughs> it wasn't a fashion show at that point, but um, I don't know. I don't know if in, in the seventies, it was like more like that. Like I know my older sister who went to high school in the early eighties. Like I remember her being dressed up to go to school doing your nails three times a week and just having hair, just the hair. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it could be, uh, could be, but I do want to say that I would wear, um, every outfit in this movie now. So like, I want those high waist <laughs> jeans so bad. Oh. <laughs> like high waist bell bottoms. I want those so bad. What about Lori's outfit with the, uh, the knit tights underneath the loose fitting dress and the cardigan? Yeah, I would probably wear that too, except that I would just look like a grandma in it. It would just be, it would be like, it would be weird, but I would probably still wear it. And a bit of trivia, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, not only was this her first, her first film, but she was the only teenager of the three. The other one, the other two were in their 20s. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. She was the youngest one. And uh, I thought she was great, though. I, I don't know if she's the original Scream Queen, because she didn't really do a lot of screaming in this, but I, I've heard her dub the Scream Queen before. Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. because of this movie. Yeah. It, like people call her the original final girl and the original screen queen, but that really, that's absolutely false. I mean, we had Texas chainsaw massacre was wildly popular before right. the Halloween franchise. And God, there's another, there's another, another movie. that's another movie that does a lot with just a little, cause they show blood, but they never show bloodshed on in Texas yeah. chainsaw. Which yeah, is very yeah, common. Right. Yeah. That's a really uh also just to tie that back in, I feel like Rob Zombie is so inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. that his remake is almost more 
like Texas Chainsaw Massacre than like the original Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. His aesthetic is very um, more of gore than slasher. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that was the vibe that I, I get from that movie. It was very different from the original 1978. Yeah. Cause the original had a lot of building of tension. They didn't have any, they didn't have many jump scares. In fact, the jump scares, I think Jamie Lee Curtis got a jump scare, but that was cause the, uh, the sheriff actually accidentally bumped into her when she was turning around, <laughs> but it oh, scared yeah, her. It didn't yeah. scare us. Or the, um, I think Tommy ran into Michael Myers in, on the schoolyard and he got scared cause he kind of ran into a big person and they didn't really show his face either. Uh, Michael's face. And it, 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 John Carpenter was like almost like a master of building suspense or, or of, of tension because it seemed like every shot with every like distant shot of Michael, like just watching people, um, it just built to that because he didn't really go after anyone. Well, he went after Loomis and, and, and the nurse, but that was just to get away. Right. Yeah. I love the, the way that 1978 is shot. And it's one of the first movies to use um, like a steady cam technology. I think it was like a precursor to steady cam, you know, the camera that like straps to your body oh. and has like the, yeah. you know, so that, you know, uh, but like the, the cameraman, the director of photography is like walking around with it, like strapped to him and it's um, just him walking, you know, but the camera stays steady and it's like one of the first horror movies to use anything like that and it made everything look so seamless and you know you have like the way chainsaw was shot it, it's so jerky and frenetic, you know, yeah. like, frenetic energy and stuff and but this is so smooth and it's just like now we're slowly zooming in on michael myers mm -hmm. and it's like it that was so effective for me um, and it still is like, I still really like enjoy that style. And then like the color palette that it's shot in with like all the oranges and kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm super into that. And like, I, I'm kind of sad that we didn't get that same kind of slow panning and stuff in the Rob Zombie version. Well, he had a way bigger budget and he, he used that, um, very well in that. The production value is way better in the in the Rob Zombie version. He had, you know, bigger stars, um, really good equipment. So he had really mm -hmm. um, effective lighting in certain areas. But to your point, John Carpenter tried to make it seem like during the day it was very bleak and bland. And um, even when they were walking through the neighborhood, um, he used this, uh, a street that had a bunch of trees to, to dim the sunlight. Um, I thought that was done purposefully. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it. Maybe he's just like, hey, we the only street we can <laughs> shut down during the middle of the day is this street. And so we got to use it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was shot in uh, Palo Alto. And so it's just like, I think a lot of things are shot there so when it needs to look like a small town or like a Midwestern town just because the style of the homes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think he probably was very picky about like what streets he chose to film on. Cause it's, it is that very like kind of cloudy, like dark shadowy <laughs> kind yeah. of look to it. Like where you're like, Oh yeah, this, this makes me want to put a sweater on. This definitely feels like a fall day in small town, Illinois, or, mm -hmm. you know, like. 
And then, uh, let's see, one of the other contrasting um, characters that really stood out to me was uh, Dr. Loomis. Mm-hmm. When the first mm-hmm. one, Don, uh, first off, Malcolm McDowell, he's an awesome actor. Donald Pleasant is magnificent. In fact, he's probably the best actor in, in the original um, movie. Yeah. But, well, he was the highest billed actor in the movie. Like true. his name appears on the screen before even John Carpenter's. It's like Halloween starring Donald Pleasant. Right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. okay. He's the big name here. He's like the very first person on the title card. Yeah, and for deservedly so. He's got all the the credits behind him, and he's brilliant in the movie. But his character was just there to well, not just there, but one of the main points of his character was just to tell us how bad this Michael Myers character is and how evil he is and just pure evil. Now, Malcolm McDowell was brilliant in his part. However, he was more of a, of like a, like I, I want to learn about this guy. He's, he's got to be studied and, and uh, um, there is a reason. And I want to get to, I think he wanted to get, I don't think he wanted to cure Michael. That's why he stuck around with him for 15 years before he finally gave up. <laughs> Like yeah, who, who I would think, stick around yeah. there on mute for 15 years to try to figure him out, except for someone who wants to save him. Yeah. And I, I think in the original, in 1978, Loomis is kind of portrayed as like, he, ca- he still cares about the townspeople. He's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I really want to cure Michael. I want to help Michael. I want to help people. I don't want people in this town to die. I need the police to listen to me. I need someone to listen to me. And he's, he's more kind of empathetic. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Rob Zombie's version, he's like, um, he's more like uh, Dr. Chilton in silence of the lambs. He's, he's kind of doing a fame grab for himself where Mm. he's like, he kind of, he wants to make a name on the back of Michael Myers. You know, he's looking for, he seems like he's like looking for a book deal or a movie deal, or he's thinking about, Oh, well now the police are going to listen to me. Oh, now that a bunch of people have died. And it's like a very different, they're both very good (laughs) portrayals of the character, but it's just like a very different vibe from one to the other. He seems more, more selfish and more self-centered and more, Oh, well I'm the genius. And you know, now hmm. you're going to listen to me about Michael Myers. That's a good point. Cause he does have that one scene. Malcolm McDowell has that one scene where he's given a talk. Right. And he's got yeah. like an audience of people. And so it's more about him than Michael, even though Michael's picture is right behind him. He's really more like I, this is me. This is what I think. This is what I'm all about. Not, really what Michael is, even though Michael's a subject, it's more about him, that, that scene. Right. Whereas Loomis never got that because, you know, obviously they had less of a budget, but to me, the original Loomis seemed like he was more like he was the doctor in charge of, of, um, of the mental facility, the mental, um, hospital. And Michael just happened to be one of his patients and he realized how evil he was and dangerous. So he wanted to go and warn people. Whereas Malcolm McDowell seemed more like, he was Michael's personal one-on-one um, psychologist or psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's like, that gives me that like Dr. Chilton in silence of the lambs vibe yeah. where he's like one-on-one with him. And I know Michael better than anybody where, you know, well, Chilton's like, Chilton's- I know Hannibal Lecter, you know, he so. comes off as more smug though. <laughs> compared to oh, uh, Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like, I feel like, 1978 
is a classic sort of boogeyman type horror movie. Mm-hmm. And the Rob Zombie version is straight up. It's a serial killer movie. There you go. Yes. Right. It's very different. Like it's different pacing. It's different backstory. It's like different explanation, totally different vibe. And so they're almost, these movies are almost like comparing apples and oranges in that respect where, <laughs> you know, it's like, and 1978 is about, Lori mm-hmm. and the Rob Zombie version is about Michael. This right. is a movie about Michael Myers, and the other is a movie about Lori Strode. Yeah, and <laughs> so you know, it's almost like you're comparing apples and oranges when you compare these two movies because they differ in so many ways. Yeah, and Rob Zombie's movie is really like two different movies. It's got the first part about Michael and the second part mm-hmm. about Lori trying to escape from Michael. And the, you mentioned pacing, and you're right because the that Rob Zombie, John Carpenter's movie is so slow, but it's a buildup to the end. Whereas Rob Zombie's movie, um, it's a nice little backstory. And, and I think they did a really good job of that. As Like you said, it's uh, telling about the serial killer, how he came up, killing animals. And we got that, like, the parallel I saw with that was Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm, when they yeah, talked that's about a him And how he used to kill animals and before he moved on to people. And in the second part of the movie when they introduce Lori and, and her friends, it's so quick to get to that ending. It's almost like rushed. It's like you, you kind of jam packed the first movie into the last half of this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so there was no buildup. You couldn't do that tension buildup like John Carpenter did. So, but I think Rob Zombie did that on purpose. He didn't want to make a shot for shot remake of Carpenter's movie. He wanted to make his version the way he saw it, just because he he wanted it to be different. He did not want to make the same movie because who the fuck would want to see that? It's just like, oh, great. Like, I just saw this movie again with a bigger budget. Yeah. How did you feel about the masks in the mask in the Rob Zombie version? Like, that's something that's divided the horror community <laughs> in hilarious ways for several years. Yeah, because the well, the yeah, the so in the Rob Zombie version, um, the kid Michael got the got the mask when he was young, and then it got put away, so it needed some deterioration to show that fifteen years mm-hmm. had progressed. And obviously, rubber or acrylic, whatever the the or latex, whatever is made out of, is going to deteriorate yeah. in fifteen years. So I understood it. Um, I, I didn't really care, to be honest. I, I didn't think it was a big big of that big of a deal. So I I don't I don't see the controversy. Yeah, I I like that they actually thought, I mean, put the thought into it and it's like, okay, this has deteriorated and now it's crusty and it looks different. And, you know, it's like, this is, it's a very dirty, dirtied up version of Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie version versus like, you know, Michael's clothes are clean and his, his jumpsuit's clean and his mask is clean in 1978. And but I like that they put the thought into it and didn't just, you know, slap the original mask on and be like, okay, that's done. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the <laughs> of the Rob Zombie version mask. Okay. I feel like I've been talking down about the Rob Zombie version and I want to say I actually do like the movie. <laughs> I know I keep being like, I don't want that, but I really do like I, it. I like it too. I remember seeing it in the theater and I'm like, this is pretty good. I like it. Even they went the serial killer route and um, like you mentioned, and I, I, I just, I, I was entertained. I'm like, I like it. I thought I got my money's worth. This is great. And, um, 
So then hearing about it years later, how people just shit on it. I'm like, well, I get, I understand their gripes and their valid points, but you got to just take it for what it is. Entertainment. Right. Yeah. And well, and I think that there's a lot of, uh, when there's a reboot or a remake, people have a list of wants yeah. that they want to check off about it. I'm like, well, I didn't get this thing. I didn't get this thing I wanted. I didn't yeah. get, instead of just, you know, putting aside your expectations and taking in the new director's vision and, mm-hmm. you know. I think also uh, you have one of the things, uh, I don't know if it was in the, in the Rob Zombie version, but one of the things, one of my nitpicks of the, the original version was, how are all these parents not with their kids on Halloween? Like living <laughs> vicariously through Halloween. Cause I have a 10 year old daughter and I love Halloween because, well, first off, I just like the whole concept of dressing up and I dress up with my daughter every year and go around and take it her trick or treating and just watching the joy on her face and how she's loving going to people's houses. And, and I I'm living vicariously through her. I, I must admit I'm totally Jealous. When you jealous, were a kid, yeah. did your parents accompany you on trick or treat? Yes. When I was a kid, it was my older sister that took us until mm. like maybe a couple years later. I feel like when I was a little bit older and we would go, I had much younger cousins mm-hmm. who were like two, three years old. And then our parents would drive us and then we would get out of the car and go down a street and then drive us. But, you know, when, when I was little, it was, you know, I, but I, my older sister is, um, eight years older than me. So she was like a good automatic babysitter, I think yeah. for us, but we would much rather have had her take us. She was so cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of <laughs> like, course. Yeah. You, right. You know like we looked up to her and she was so cool and, you know, she would let us get away with some stuff and, you know, like, like we we can say curse words and you know like we could do things with, around her that we couldn't do. <laughs> of course, yeah, you're right. So you know, I, I feel like we had a little bit more of that freedom because we had the older sister as the babysitter. But um, I don't remember very many years where it was my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents went trick or treating with us. Like they would stay home. Like they they would have a Halloween party or something, and okay. they would go to a Halloween party and then we would just be with my sister or something. So I feel like that was kind of the, the same thing. So I don't know if it was like maybe in the seventies, parents just let the, like, go, please put on your costume and go trick or treat. Like yeah, go do what a, you want. Could have been a sign of the times. Um, I thought it was, it seemed more reminiscent of a new year's Eve than a Halloween, but because oh, of the scary oh. movie thing, uh, it made more sense to make a Halloween because New Year's Eve, I remember my parents going off and going to parties and then they leave us with babysitters or my grandparents or whatever. Those are the, that holiday, I remember not being with my parents a lot. But Halloween, I remember, I remember Halloween, my parents would, they wouldn't dress up though, like I do with my daughter. They would accompany us and let us, you know, walk up to the house by ourselves, but they wouldn't, you know, they weren't helicopter parents, but they would take us out, make sure we're safe and we get back and they would do the whole, let me look through your candy thing and then. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, have at it. So, yeah, I, that was one of the things I, that stood out to me about watching it this time. It's like, why aren't these parents with their kids on on one of their funny? Well, the times thing of the that night? almost makes less sense is 
how the fuck did you get a babysitter on a holiday? Like you got a babysitter, like multiple people were able to get teenagers to come to their house right. on a holiday when teenagers would normally be out partying with their friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, how did you get, how did you even get a babysitter on Halloween? Well, Lori, you can understand cause she's kind of a recluse and kind of a nerd and, mm-hmm. you know, bookworm. So she's not a really right. party type. Um, Annie said that she liked to, babysit because then she could invite her boyfriend over and they could do it right yeah that was the only time she could get privacy with what was his name was his name bob i think so i want to say it was it was such a weird like like, grown-up name i know (laughs) and and like back to your point about how everybody looked older in the movie the boyfriends definitely looked older and yeah i think it was their glasses like they look like old man glasses yeah and it's like you guys look old enough to be creepy like you're creeping on teenage <laughs> girls like, you guys look old enough to be creeps yeah that's true um so uh, uh, one more thing about that halloween night is even if their parents went away where did they go to they, they were there when there should have been like a talk of like a big party like up on the hill or something where all the parents went to. right right yeah like a neighborhood block party or something like something like that mm-hmm. yeah but i mean it's it's uh you know artistic license you know he jesus hey the parents are going to be there we don't have to say it because it's not part of the plot right they're just not there. like we just yeah they just don't they don't exist for all intents and purposes it the babysitters are in charge (laughs) let me ask you something real quick do you when you were younger did you believe in the boogeyman or do you believe in the boogeyman now um when i was younger i had a pretty severe sleep disorder and I would have night terrors and sleepwalk and do a lot of creepy things at night. So do you remember uh, doing those yeah. or is it like one of those yeah. where um, you're in a trance state and then you don't remember, remember when you wake up? up? Yeah. Like I remember I would be like waking up and I would be standing on something precariously high. Like I would climb up on a dresser or something mm-hmm. and I would wake up and I would have like random objects in my hands and Holy I would be crap. standing on top of the dresser. And you know, my sister, again, back to my older sister, I'm going to have to text her and be like, thanks, sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> would be standing there going, like, waiting to catch me because, you know, back then they would, the doctor would tell you, like, don't wake up a kid when they're sleepwalking or, you know, it'll traumatize them or whatever. And um, I, I have no idea if that's still the advice or if that's actually true, but uh, yeah, it really affected me as a child where mm-hmm. I was afraid of like, um, I shared a bedroom with my next oldest sister. I, I have two sisters and, mm-hmm. um, I would be afraid to even sleep in my own bed on the other side of the room and I would get into bed with her or I would be like, you need to make sure the closet's closed. You need to make sure that's closed. I don't want to see clothes on a chair. I don't, you know, it was Going to bed every night was a chore because I was so scared sometimes. So, yeah, I definitely believed in the boogeyman. And then as an adult, I have I still have sleep paralysis. I've had like sleepwalking incidents as an adult, too. <laughs> so, um, and and, that, yeah, so, yeah, it, it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy that you mentioned that, because in the Rob Zombie version, Mike, Michael Myers does not remember killing his family. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's almost like a fugue state or like maybe this was a sleepwalking kind of. Right. But they, 
the the thing that got me about the Rob Zombie, another nitpick, but this is about the Rob Zombie version, was there was no trigger for Michael to start killing. There's no on-screen trigger. Like, he just started killing. Because remember, he was sitting there at the table by himself, just eating his candy corn or whatever, and then he just gets up and goes and kills his stepdad for no reason. His dad, his stepdad was sleeping. He didn't, like, yell at him or slap him or anything like he was doing earlier. Yeah. He yeah. kills him. And I- yeah, and I don't know if we were what we were supposed to take from that. If it was just like this kid has been so traumatized and so desensitized, and mm-hmm. he's been thinking about this for a while, and finally was just like, eh, "Gonna murder." Yeah, I'm gonna kill my step. I'm gonna tape him to the chair, and then I'm gonna slit his throat, and then I'm gonna go upstairs and kill my um, sister. First, I'm gonna touch her inappropriately, and then kill her. Yeah, well, and that was another nitpick that I had was, like, first of all, how do you duct tape somebody without them waking up? Like, was this man, like, this, like... He's supposed to be a drunk, Yeah, it's like, are they making a point about alcoholism? Like, how he is, like, he's so fucking passed out that he... I'm sorry, I keep dropping F-bombs, and you're just gonna have to bleep everything I say. No, 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 this is a F-bomb friendly show. (laughs) Oh, thank God, because I just keep doing it, and... But yeah, it just felt like there, yeah, like you said, there was no trigger for that. And it would have made more sense had he started killing when some abuse was occurring. But instead it was just like, "Eh, well, I'm going to go commit a murder. And it's a very well thought out, well planned murder for a child, you know, to get the duct tape and like duct tape to a chair. Not just, I'm going to grab a knife and I'm going to stab this motherfucker in the neck. That could have been what he was thinking about when he was eating candy by himself. He could have been thinking about how he could murder his stepdad. Or Ronnie, Well, right? when I have to eat candy corn, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I mean, I don't like candy corn at all. And that makes me want to murder. So <laughs> You know, you you don't even try once every year just to make, see if you still like it or see if you still hate it? You know what? I do. Yeah. It's always a problem. <laughs> I knew it. So do I. I do the same fucking thing. <laughs> I, as a child, when I was probably about 10 years old, my cousin and I were given some money by my aunt mm-hmm. to go buy candy for all the younger cousins. And it was a short walk down to the grocery store. It wasn't even a grocery store. It was more like a little bodega was the closest thing. And we, we walked down there and candy corn was on sale and we got a one pound bag of candy corn for ourselves. And we got some other candy for like the younger siblings and cousins. And before we got back to the house, it's a very short walk. We ate an entire one pound bag of candy (laughs) corn and we were both horribly sick. That was karmic justice. And we were both horribly sick for like three days, just throwing up orange goo and candy corn. Oh my god! And and I didn't eat candy corn at all for okay. several years. So you, I was like, I can't even. I couldn't even smell it. Like if I smelled candy corn, I would run out. Of, or sometimes even corn syrup, because you know candy corn has that same like. Smell. Oh yeah. I couldn't even smell like corn syrup. I just couldn't eat it. So now I try like, I'll try the flavored ones because they taste less like candy corn, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I got the nerds candy corn this year and the sour candy corn. And I was well, like, you, okay, these are okay. You, you have a traumatic experience. That's like me and Jack Daniels. I, I don't know if I can ever get close to Jack Daniels. <laughs> I could drink bourbon, but not Jack Daniels. There's definitely a story behind that. There's a story there. <laughs> oh yeah. When I, when I was 16, I had a bunch of friends over and I grabbed the Jack Daniels from my 
my parents' liquor cabinet. They had a cupboard, liquor cupboard, and I was like, mm-hmm. it's just so cool. Like the the name Jack Daniels had such a mystique to me, and so uh, yeah, I got drunk off of that, and now it's just it's it's horrible to me. I can't even smell it. Yeah. I don't want to see it. That was it. my first hangover I remember when I was 16 years old because of Jack Daniels. I guess my first hangover was candy corn. <laughs> I had a literal candy you corn did for hangover. three days, you said. Holy shit. I was so. candy corn wasted. Okay. <laughs> I want to be like, ice cream wasted. <laughs> we were eating that. We were eating it so fast because we just did not want to share it. It was like, I don't want to share this with anybody else. Just keep eating, eat it, eat it. You know, and it was just, it's terrible, terrible idea. We'll never. And that same cousin, like uh, every year on her birthday, I will send her a pound of candy corn that I'm sure she throws away. That's hilarious. That's fucking. But I'm just like, I just want to remind you this. Can you you even put the candy corn in your teeth to make vampire candy corn? You know, I haven't tried, but it's probably a terrible idea. (laughs) I, I will try it. I'll probably be like you get the taste in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want it. No, no. Um, what, what is your favorite Halloween candy right now? Um, oh, gosh. You know, I'm the weirdo that likes uh, those little peanut butter bars. Peanut butter bars? Yeah, they they come in like the really cheap candy mix. They're They're not even called peanut butter bars. They're like white... Uh-huh. And kind of crispy. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what they're called, but I will pick them out of every Halloween mix and eat them all. Okay. All right. No, I have, no I have to idea. look it up. I'm going to have to look it up. And I actually had this conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago and I still can't remember what they're called. I'm like, I want those. All right. But I like the really cheap Halloween candy. All of it. Like the whole, it, that gives me the most nostalgia is that cheap Halloween mix with the Tootsie Rolls. Oh, yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> Now me, I, I I love chocolate. Um, now my daughter, she's not a big chocolate fan. She'll like she'll she picks and chooses, but she hates peanut butter. So I love it because I love the Reese's peanut butter cups, the little the little baby ones, the little bite size, uh, um, Halloween size peanut butter cups, and Kit Kat and Twix. Those are my uh, those are the ones. I, and she lets me, she lets me take them because she doesn't really care for them. So it's awesome. It's a really good symbiotic relationship we have when it comes to Halloween. <laughs> Okay, I looked it up, and they're called peanut butter bars now, but they used to be called Chico Sticks. Oh, yes, I know Chico Sticks. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, those. Those. I could eat a metric ton of those and not get sick okay. of my candy. I, I don't yeah. see them very often Those are my here. favorite. And uh, the the original Smarties, the old Smarties. Yeah, in the little plastic I am. Yeah, I am obsessed. <laughs> those are Boy, cool. I love them. <laughs> know why i'm like why do i love these so much and you know as as like an idiot child growing up in um the age of uh the war on drugs mm-hmm. it, i would still like get the smarties out and be like what if they were drugs i'm so <laughs> cool i'm taking so many drugs you know like and just, just i remember so, i said like, you're like pills i remember accidentally pulverizing one one time like a little bag and i'm like oh shit that looks like coke <laughs> <laughs> right, like I have a bag of smash smarties. I'm like, oh, yeah, anybody think I have cocaine. Anybody got a straw or a dollar bill I can roll up? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get let's get back to Halloween. I think we went off. I love going off on tangents, but let's get back to the point of the of the right. The whole show is a tangent at this point. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, Halloween? It's all part of Halloween, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> um, 
Have you ever wanted to, have you ever dressed up as Michael Myers or? You know what? I haven't. Um, I have a close friend who likes to dress up as Michael Myers as yeah. a very, very tall woman. Mm-hmm. And like, she's really tall and she likes to dress up. Hey, Allie. She likes to dress up as Michael Myers. And so I, I never have, like, I don't want to encroach on her turf. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. But we, we have done one year we did all do like a uh, classic, like slasher villains one year. And, uh, I, I did Freddie. So, Oh, I'm, I think I'm, do you post it on, on Instagram, right? Your Freddie costume. Like a, uh, yeah, yeah I think I put that ago? on at least a couple times a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I have another friend who was Jason and then scream and then you Ghostface. ghost face. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we did, we did like a whole group. It was like really fun. But yeah. I don't, I don't have a Michael mask. I, I should probably buy one just to buy one. I looked them up. They're, they're pretty cheap unless you want to go for the, uh, the Will Ferrell Halloween movie quality mask. I say that because right. of Step Brothers. It's not movie quality, but it's still good. <laughs> if you want one of those, right. they're, they're like 20, 30 bucks. If you want like the really good ones are like, I think 60 to 100. Right. But what is the point though? Because the original mask, the movie quality mask was shitty quality. Exactly. It was a $2 fucking so mask. So why would you buy? <laughs> now, I've been trying to look up because I remember reading like years ago and I can't find the article, but. I wasn't even supposed to be the original mask. It was supposed to be a, a different mask. And I, for some reason, it didn't test well or didn't like it during the daily. So the, the props guy just went out to a hardware store, got a William Shatner mask, sprayed it white. And then that was the mask. And now it's the iconic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that they had to tear the eyebrows off. That's my oh. favorite part of the mask is like <laughs> the old William Shatner mask had actual like little furry eyebrows on it. Mm-hmm. And I almost think it would have been scarier had they left the eyebrows. <laughs> 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 the <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you, let's, let's get to the, let's jump to the final scene. I know we're not really going in any particular order, but from both movies, the final scene, um, in the original, Loomis is the one that that shoots Michael, and mm-hmm. then in the new one, um, Laurie's the one who shoots Michael in the face, and then it, it that that one just abruptly ends. They do the she's screaming after she kills him, and I get it; it kind of goes on a little too long. But then they want to make the parallel when she was screaming as a baby. Um, but then the yeah, then in the the original though the. Loomis is actually the one who shoots Michael and then his body disappears. If, if I'm remembering correct. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah how did just... you feel about both endings? Uh, you know, I know apples I and actually, oranges, but let me, let me hear your opinion. It's more satisfying to have it be Lori that kills Michael. It's just more satisfying than having it be. And I understand why it was Loomis in mm-hmm. the 1978 version. I like, and you have when Lori's, being attacked by Michael, she drops the knife. Like she doesn't want to participate in violence and this is not her character. And like, you know, she drops the knife a yeah. couple times. Like she doesn't want to be a killer. Like she retains her purity in that respect or her innocence in that respect. Right. And that's cool and all. And, <laughs> but it's so much more satisfying to see Lori's character get that revenge, you know, yeah. to get that you murdered my family, like get that 
yeah. So I prefer that ending, <laughs> honestly. Like, I really. But I, I get the the fact that she started crying after she did it. Because I think if I had to do something like that after some, I, I probably would start crying, too, because it's not something that you're normally used to. <laughs> that right. most normal people are used I, to. You know, I everything makes me cry. So I, I would probably. <laughs> All right. I will just literally Fair cry. Enough. Fair All enough. Fair so probably there would be a lot of I would probably there would be a lot of screaming and wailing and like oh god I just killed someone or you know maybe break out in Bohemian Rhapsody something something would uh, something would come out of me and I don't know what it would be. Mama, I just killed. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. Exactly. That's my favorite part of the song. But let's go on another tangent. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, everyone <laughs> loves the opera part because you know it's just so different and so standoutish, but. Freddie Mercury's like the initial melody of the song is so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's very you know very uh, uh, um what do I want to say what's the word the adjective I want to use it, it is a very uh, somber subject you know killing people and and being remorseful yeah. and all that but it's gorgeous that melody is yeah. super gorgeous and he carries it so well yes. so well oh maybe yeah my uh, yeah, yeah. Freddie's uh, when he's uh, when he's sober, Freddie's got a really great voice. <laughs> yeah. I, well, as far as soundtrack, how did you feel about the soundtrack in the Rob Zombie version? So I know you know we don't get a whole lot of like good point. music or soundtrack other than the theme that John Carpenter just you know he was like, well, it's going to be this, and like banged it out on a synthesizer or whatever. It was like do 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 do. You know, here yeah. it is. The soundtrack. Dude, I, that, that's like so iconic. Now that theme, Michael Myers theme that he just like threw off and was like, well, this is it now. And, (laughs) but in the Rob Zombie version, you get a little bit more music. You get, there's some Alice Cooper in there. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 Popular music. Yeah. And then I think the the, the one thing that stood out was in the Rob Zombie version, when um, Sherry Moon Zombie or whatever her name is, the mom is talking with Mm -hmm. the principal and then, the uh, iconic theme song starts playing and Michael bolts out of the, the waiting room of the principal's office to go and kill that boy. I think it was a little too premature. He should have waited. It should have been more the boom, boom. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I have to agree with that because you don't want to like you, you, you want to use that to as a big moment, right? right. You want to use that as like, that's a climax moment, not a building moment. And they could have waited until he jumped, out from behind the tree and then hit the, and then hit the theme song. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that. Yeah. I, th- I thought the, well, just cause of the, I think it's the budget too. Back when you had $300,000, you're like, I'm not going to spend most of it on a licensing fee for a fucking song. Right. I can't afford a license. <laughs> it's like a bunch of music. Yeah. You got to pick and choose. So John really just used what he had to work. You know, he worked with what he had. And so, yeah, I can't really apples and oranges, like you said, when it comes to the soundtrack. But the use of the theme song could have been better in the Rob Zombie version. And it's not just it was that was the most glaring one, but it could have been a little bit better here and there. I noticed in Halloween Kills, we did not really hear the theme song too often. It was more of just the uh, like the 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 monotone, like um, Mm -hmm. what do you call it? Mood setting music rather than the theme song. I don't remember even. Yeah, it was the theme almost song. generic. It was almost very generic kind of horror movie. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why they made that choice. There are a few things about that movie that were kind of a mess to me. Again, I enjoyed the movie, so but did I. I'm going to criticize it. <laughs> so did I. You know what? I haven't even seen the, the, the 2018. I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. And I, I, I saw a lot of parallels with, or the parallels, a lot of, uh, callbacks in that one too. Mm. The, the, I saw just basically the whole chunk of the middle. I didn't see the very beginning and I still haven't seen the end yet, but even that one didn't have a lot of, uh, the theme song. It had a lot of, uh, just the mood setting music, which I thought was, yeah. it's, it's effective though. If you do it right. And John Carpenter was a right. part of the last two. He wasn't a part yeah. of. Yeah. Well, and if you, if you want to, set the mood you really do need to save that iconic theme song for times when it's important yeah yeah i think uh well i I don't think john carpenter should be faulted but he used it a couple times when there was no um there was no killing or anything in the in the original like during the schoolyard scene where he's uh when michael's in the car and he's driving and he sees uh tommy i think it was tommy and he's kind of following uh, along with tommy and they play the music. I'm like, well, nothing really happens here. Why are they using the? But then again, it's John's, mo- John's movie, John's song, so he could do what he wants with it. So here's another question for you: Can Michael Myers drive, and should Michael Myers drive? Is like that's something that they did in the Rob Zombie version. Is like they show his feet. Do you remember that? They yeah, show his feet. Under like, the yeah. His feet are like, oh god. But that, like, well, he doesn't drive, and he's just killed a bunch of people, and he's walked like all this way from the mental institution and he's murdering somebody in a bathroom. And yeah, so of course his feet are fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it changes throughout the whole scope of the movies. Like Michael Myers doesn't drive, right? Like he can't drive a car. That's supposed to be <laughs> it's like, how did he learn to drive a car? If he's been in a mental since he was nine years old or whatever his age was. Oh, that, you know, that's a good point. I, I didn't realize that. He shouldn't be able to drive a car because he's been in there since he was a kid. So no one ever taught him how to drive. Right. He would never have learned how to drive a car. So I really thought like, okay, the Rob Zombie version got that right because he he wouldn't have been able to drive. So like he's wow. got to walk. I never thought but of that till now. He gets a lot of mileage or people live really close together. I'm not sure which because... For somebody that has to walk everywhere, he's getting to other people's homes really quickly. Yeah, is, is Smith Grove, like, just right there in downtown Haddonfield? <laughs> right? This is like, boop, boop. You know, like, you get on Google Maps, it's like a 10-minute walk. Like, how does he know where everybody lives? Well, he's from the, he's from the, the remember the, his house is in the neighborhood. Like, Laurie Strode's dad in the original said, here, drop off this key at the Myers house because someone's going to look at it. So he's there. Right. So oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He knows that. He yeah, knows but, that. Town. You know, but that's just like a little, it's, it's a little odd thing. That's maybe too nitpicky, but and, you know, it's like, well, and speaking Michael of Laurie Strode uh, in Halloween two, the original sequel, we find out that Laurie is Michael Myers, his sister. Um, when they re when they start up the, the whole movie again in 2018, that's not the case. But in the Rob right. Zombie version, it's immediately brought up that that the baby is Michael's, uh, Lori is Michael's baby sister. Right. How do you feel about that whole connection thing? You know, I prefer it as this is just some random psychopath 
who has focused his attention Mm -hmm. on a random girl as a stalker rather than having it be, well, oh, it's his sister that he recognized, even though she was a baby, he, he recognized her and is now like trying to annihilate his entire family. Yeah. To me, that's not as scary as, because if it's a random psychopath, then that could happen to me, you know, like mm. yeah, I don't right, right. have a, I don't have a missing sibling that could come out of a mental institution and kill me. So it's, it's scarier almost if that's not explained. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, and then why kill your family? But I guess that leads to the whole thing where one of my biggest nitpicks with Michael Myers until I later found out, um, like, why is he doesn't was it why doesn't he die? And then when I looked it up, there is a he was he had the curse of Thorn, and so Thorn is a cult, and then they they have to sacrifice a whole family, but to gain success or everlasting life or whatever the case might be. And in order to do that, the person they curse has to kill his or her whole family, and so that would that would be the reason why every time they shoot him and stab him and light him on fire. He still comes back to life because he can't be killed until every member of his family, his bloodline is dies. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. I don't <laughs> fair. want it. I just want him. I, you know, I, I am so like entrenched in my belief that he should just be the faceless boogeyman. And why doesn't he die? Well, he just doesn't. Okay. Karen, you know, it's just like, he just doesn't die. Just let it go. You know, like, I don't want everything explained about it, but well, and, and that let's go back to let's do our own call back to Freddie. At least it's explainable why, why he doesn't die because he's in our dreams. Yeah, and and that is so fucking more scarier than an actual physical being in the real world because we could lock lock ourselves in a steel cage and you know Michael Jason you can't kill me I'm in a steel cage what the fuck are you gonna do. Right, but eventually everybody has to fall asleep. Yeah, you you have to fall asleep. Even if you don't want to, you will fall asleep. That's the way our bodies work. <laughs> right. And that's what makes it a little bit more scary. And then the fact, well, the, the supernatural part, the part you have to, to kind of swallow is the fact that you could die. When you die in your sleep, you die in real life. Right, yeah. <laughs> because, right. You, you, and you just have to go with that. Because, you know, when you dream, I don't know if you've ever had the falling dream or, or had a scary dream oh, where someone mm-hmm. kills you you never die you always wake up right before you die right yeah I, i've definitely had that and have you ever seen yourself die in a dream i no i have not like <laughs> i i think other people have maybe had that but i i have not had that yeah i i don't have i have to i'd have to look it up um maybe other people another, maybe you can dream of yourself already being dead but I don't think you ever have that dream that where you actually die. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that I know anybody that's had that. I I'd have to, I wonder if there are stories out there. There's gotta be. I like, mean, just encourage people listening to this podcast to please let us know if you have died in a dream and actually seen yourself die in that dream. And how could you not wake up in a cold sweat after you see that? Right. And, <laughs> If you have seen that, are you okay? Yes, please let us know. <laughs> you know, and, and Dream Analyzer will have us believe that um, death is actually just a, um, it just means change. It doesn't really mean death when you're dreaming about it. Right. 
So it doesn't it right. necessarily yeah, mean you're going to die. It just means different. you're going to change in a different way, which you might not see. It might be internal or subconsciously. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. I um other oh, so one of my nitpicks. I want to just address this. Yes. Before I forget, one of my nitpicks with Halloween Kills is that Michael stages bodies and things in this movie. He does. Which part? With the Okay, so do you remember um, what are the names of the guys that live in his house? In whose house? In Michael's house? In Michael's house. Oh in, yeah, that's right. The couple, right? I, I forgot the yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember that. I, I think they have. They both have the same. Is it John? It's something really simple. So, but you know, he goes in it like after you know the eye squishy. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of that, like after the murder. He like arranges their bodies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, you know, I was, I told you, I was groggy when I was, I like, I wanted to watch it that way. I could talk about it on this episode, oh, so I watched it last night late. So you watched this really late at night last night, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, t- I kind of took issue with that because I thought okay. it was so out of character for Michael Myers to like. Well, and then there's the playground scene too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. So he arranges the bodies in this like. Oh, that's a good point. Kind of tableau of death where yeah. i'm like this is some more hannibal lecter shit that i did not expect from michael myers yeah <laughs> you know? yeah very uh, he um, doesn't he's very like conscious of of what he does rather in the first one is just hey i'm gonna kill someone they fall where they are and this that's it i'm just gonna keep going right yeah and that's kind of my view of michael myers is he is just an unstoppable killing machine mm-hmm. he's not a serial killer in the sense that he's doing sadistic things in order to be sadistic. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the Rob zombie version, you have him even more sympathetic. Right. And I don't know well, which, when, when, have you seen like the deleted scenes and, and things for the Rob zombie version or. No, I haven't. But, but to your point, it was that scene with, with Lori when he's showing her the picture and he's like holding mm-hmm. the picture. Like, yeah, he's like this girl, and, but he can't say one. nothing. Because he chose not to talk. He's like uh, that guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Chief. Like, I choose not to talk. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like, can he not talk or is he choosing not to talk? And then what point is he trying to make by arranging these bodies? Because there's no point to this. And so that was kind of. Yeah, it's um, not like a premonition or a a threat or anything. It's just like maybe for his own fun then or something. Right. It's like, is he now just like good times? You know, like what? (laughs) What is what is he? And and if, if he's a six, the, if he's a if he's a, a kid in a man's body, why wouldn't he arrange the people like having sex? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this was it was a weird. That'd be too comical. It was though, a for weird this movie. departure. Yeah, yeah. but there, well, there were a lot of death scenes in Halloween Kills that I thought were supposed to be kind of funny. Yeah, and then some that were just like yikes, you know that were <laughs> like um, this movie has a very high body count is even one? for Michael kills? Myers on kills? Halloween kills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It has it very high body count even the for firefighters. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he just plows through a bunch of first responders. It's like usually in horror movies, when we're plowing through first responders, it's not the firefighters. It, yeah. It's the police mm-hmm. who are trying to kill you or it's the EMTs that are trying to treat you in the back of the ambulance. But you just see like a bunch of firefighters get mowed down. It's weird. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, everyone loves firefighters. Like, right, everyone loves firefighters. You don't kill except the firefighters. For, except like, for cops. Like, I don't know if you saw The Departed when they did the uh, the football scene. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, 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 Cops call the firefighters the second responders. Yeah. It's exactly. sad. It's very sad. <laughs> but like, uh, they're um, mad because everybody they, likes them. They and killed, nobody likes you. But he killed like all the people they brought back for Halloween kills, like Tommy and the nurse and um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her, Lindsay. He kills everybody, Lindsay. right? Like, why do you bring him back yeah. if you're just going to kill everybody? Right. And I, I don't know why. I'm like, is this just for some resolution for some angry fans on Reddit? Is that what this is? Like, we're just <laughs> killing people because. People were like, well, why didn't this character die? And like, you know, I just thought that was so, I just thought it was weird to mm-hmm. have that, like, well, now we're adding this in. And, you know, as far as Halloween kills go, goes, I prefer the Rob Zombie reboot. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I feel like it was more like Michael Myers' behavior in his movie at least made sense. Okay. As far as the mythology for Michael Myers that he was trying to create in Halloween Kills, it's just a mess. It's just like, who is Michael Myers essentially now? Because now you've, now he's arranging bodies in a funny way. And he's like, like now who is he? And it's just, it, it just didn't seem to fit to me. It was cool in a horror movie sense, but it just didn't seem to fit. Yeah, I, I get that. And I also, who is that other guy? The whole town is like mob mentality. They kill, they kill that other guy or they, they make that other guy jump to his death. Um, who is that guy anyway? I don't remember even seeing that guy. Was he one of the uh, the, uh, uh, the other um, escaped uh, inmates from the, the bus crash? I don't remember. I'll have to, like, I might have to go watch it again. I subscribed me. to Peacock just to watch this movie. Oh, fucking so, A. Are you serious? So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. They got us. They got us. That's how they get you. That's how they, yes, that is how they get you. And I actually signed up for the whole year. <laughs> oh, did you? I'm like, you know, I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to just do the whole year. I could, you know, I just got a bonus at work. So yeah. I was like, why not? Yeah, they have, they seem like they have some other good content on there that I'm going to tell myself I'm going to watch. But no, I'm going to keep watching Supernatural on Netflix forever. And <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to keep watching the, uh, the only thing I'm going to watch on Peacock now is The Office. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, that's fair. That, that's absolutely valid. <laughs> I miss it from Netflix. I remember the day it left Netflix. I yeah. was a little, little bit piece of me died inside, but now I have Peacock. I can watch it. Right. But, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> this also, I want to say this, this podcast is not sponsored by Peacock in any way. We're just talking about no, it. No. Yeah, exactly. But it's just a coincidence <laughs> that both you and I signed up just for the, just, <laughs> I thought you went to the theater. When was the last time you watched a movie in the theater? Um, I watch every Marvel movie in the theater. Okay. So right. Shang-Chi was the last one. Oh, all right. Right on. I haven't seen yeah, that one yet. Is, um, is it good? I heard it was great. Oh, it's so good. Is it? It's so good. Yeah, it's so fun. I love that movie. I, you know, uh, I I will probably see that movie again before it leaves the theater. So oh, okay. it, it is. Wow, really, that good, huh? Yeah, it's really What did you fun. think of Black Widow? I really, I enjoyed Black Widow as well. And I hated on that movie so hard. I was like, I don't even want this movie. I don't care about it. I don't like this. This is stupid. And I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I really like I think f- I do that with Marvel movies a lot where I'm like, this is dumb. And then I go and watch it and I'm like, this is amazing. This is my <laughs> new favorite thing ever. So, Or is, is the horror franchise your favorite, like the horror genre, your favorite genre? 
Absolutely. Yeah. 120 million percent. What, so, what was the first movie in the Halloween franchise that you saw that you remember seeing? Uh, 1978. Okay. The first one I ever saw was uh, Halloween 3, uh, Season of the Witch. Well, you're like, this now this doesn't make sense. Right. It's just so, <laughs> it was like, what, why is everyone so crazy about this movie? This, this, this is weird. So when you saw the, like, when you saw the other ones after that, were you really confused because that was your first exposure to it? No, but I arguably know. Halloween three is the best one. Do you think a so? A lot of people make that case. I mean, it's not my favorite one, but a lot of people make that case because originally the Halloween franchise was not supposed to be about Michael Myers. It was supposed to be the babysitter, a, a, yeah. a, like a different horror movie that took place at Halloween every year and just be a completely different oh, story. Okay. All right. There was no, there wasn't supposed to be any overarching development or any like character that was the same between each movie. So, you know, when he was like, I hate this, I'm going to do something different with Halloween three and everyone hated it. Right. Because like at that point, we're all coming to see Michael Myers, like, no, I want to see somebody get stabbed. And it was just a completely <laughs> different thing, though. So. Well, I remember going into it thinking it was going to be about Michael Myers because, you know, there was no Internet. There was no social media. There was just, you know, you heard Michael Myers and Halloween and then part three comes out and I'm watching. I'm like, where's Michael Myers? What What's the people make such a big deal about this guy for? I mean, I thought the movie was entertaining. I'm one of those people that even if it's a bad movie, I'll go in. Hey, you know what? I just want to be entertained. I'm not, you know, working. I'm not taking care of family stuff. I'm not doing the problems that every mundane things of, of, of regular life. So I'm being entertained. So even if the movie's bad, I'll still say it's bad, but at least I'm not doing something for an hour to two hours. <laughs> right. And it, that movie was very entertaining, honestly. Very entertaining. It was, it was a very so, far-reaching idea, which <laughs> which I thought was great. I think it'd be even better now if they did that. Now, if they remade that one now, they could call it something else. It would be a fucking awesome movie because they could do something like on social media, right? Where everyone tunes in on yes. Instagram Live or everyone's yeah. got to download this fucking yeah. app. I would honestly, I would love to see a reboot of that movie made into its own franchise. That yeah. I would be so fun. <laughs> there was so that was my first introduction to, to to Halloween franchise. It wasn't until later where I started getting into the other ones, and I don't think I even saw the original until like maybe like the late nineties or no, the mid nineties, the early to mid nineties. That's when I finally saw the nineteen seventy eight original, and by then I was a teenager, and I was like, no, oh, this. This is stupid. Like this ain't this ain't better than Nightmare on Elm Street. It wasn't until oh, like yeah. more recently where I understand more about filmmaking and about tension and about all that stuff um, that I really come to appreciate it more. I think that's the case with a lot of people because when you like when you watch it as someone who doesn't have a lot of appreciation for how movies are made, yeah. and that was definitely the case with me. But I think I was still young enough to be scared. Okay. But right. I'm like, oh, I'm still young enough to be scared by, and it, it was it's such a weird time for me too because like when I first saw it, there had been a girl in my neighborhood who was kidnapped. Ooh. It, it, that's a whole different story. But when I was in junior high, I was like around sixth grade. There was a, a girl in my hometown that was kidnapped and. 
she was just gone and she was never found. And, um, and that was around the time when I saw the original Halloween. And so that faceless boogeyman concept was very scary to me at that time, because it's like, he's just looking around a corner at Lori and nobody else sees him and who knows what he can do. And so I think that like psychologically it affected me more because of the time that I saw it. Oh, but yeah. when you watch that. but if you're watching that as like a teenager, I can see how teenage me would be like, this isn't scary at all. It's boring. Nobody's even killed for the first like 40 minutes of the movie or however <laughs> long it is, you know, like you would be, you would be bored just sitting there. I remember going to a haunted house at Great America in Santa Clara. This was like years ago, like maybe about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And there was a group of teenagers in front of us. And they were, I think they were just like adamantly so unimpressed with everything, with all the jump scares that were coming before them. It annoyed the hell out of me. And like, I was like, why did you pay this good money to come right. to a haunted house to not be scared, to talk yourself out of every jump scare? When me, right. I'm like, I, I, I'll i immerse myself in this world, scare the shit out of me. That's why I paid money to get my adrenaline up. Right. It's like, you just came here to show everybody how cool and above everything you are. Right. And I'm not here for that. No, but, I am the most scared person at every haunted house. <laughs> I am the comedy for the people that work at the haunted house one year this was actually the last time because it was just pre just pre-covid halloween pre-covid yeah that i went to a haunted house and it's the haunted forest and it's a really long walk through and it's a pretty scary one but I, i went with a group of friends and i was like i can't be in the front i cannot be in the front guys i cannot be in the front and so i was like the third person and you get about halfway through and there's one room that's a little bit of a break. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of a breather because you're in there for like 90 minutes. It's a really long walkthrough. And so there's one room that's a little bit of a break where it's just a little fog and you walk through and nobody jumps out and scares you. Well, they still have a cast member in there who's kind of just, you know, making sure nobody does anything or, you know. Everything's cool. So there's this woman in regular plain clothes standing in a corner smoking a cigarette. And I saw her. I saw her and I was like, "Ah!" and she was like, okay. (laughs) The story she must have told after that is like, I had one person scream in my face all night. It was the best part of my night. She's like this weird little redheaded chick, like walked through and she saw me and she just screamed right in my face. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> That's funny. Usually I'm, I'm the first one usually in my groups that go, I'm, I'm, I take point when I walk through hundred houses in the groups that I go to, but I like it. I like being the first one. I like being scared the first. Um, Cause they usually have, it's a jump scare at first. And then they kind of do the, the menacing part to the group, mm-hmm. to the rest of the group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I need to not be in the front because I will push the rest of my group down and run. Like I will turn around, push my friend down and run, run backwards. Like I have to, I have to be in the middle so that they can sort of corral me. Otherwise I will take off. Oh, that's hilarious. I think it'd be fun to go. Like, sorry. I will let you guys get murdered. I do not care. I think it'd be I great. Will save myself. I think it'd be great to go to haunted house with you. 
<laughs> we would have fun for sure. I think so. I'd, I'd, and I'd volunteer the point. <laughs> there you go. So you wouldn't have to worry about like, that. Like you go in front. I'm going to duck. <laughs> when the chainsaw comes, you're the one getting your head cut off. Cause I'm going to be on the ground. Oh, it's so fun. All right. Um, anything else you like? Any any notes you have that we haven't got to yet? Uh, you know, let me let me look at my notes here. I think we pretty much covered everything that I had in this. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we've missed some some chip. Some of the listeners are like, "Oh, you didn't talk about this, or you didn't talk about that." Yeah, I, I think my only other thing in in the whole thing was in halloween kills yeah i think we covered everything that i wanted to say about the original movie and about the rob zombie movie okay um yeah i just like in halloween kills did you think that allison the friend did you think that she was a a likable character Hmm. or uh, there's like a bunch of people on Rotten Tomatoes and on other, you know, formats who yeah. are like, or other forums, sorry, who are like, they are tearing this character apart because instead of staying with her friend, like she was supposed to stay with her friend and protect her friend, but instead she's like, no, I'm going to go get revenge on this guy myself. Uh, Allison, which one was Allison? Was the, no, the daughter was Karen. And then there was a, uh... Obviously right, Karen's Laurie. the one that dies like right at the end. Allison's oh, oh, like Allison's the, the 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 daughter of Karen, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. And then her boyfriend, like, um, I guess they they had broken up in the first one, or they had a fight mm-hmm. in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was very self centered, and maybe she thought too much of herself to be able to ca- kill this person who like murdered you know a quarter of the town or however many. Yeah. Right. And she's like, well, I'm going to take care of it. And it's like, are you? Good point. That is a really good point. I, I, I I did. I do have an issue with that. Yes. I remember when seeing that, I'm like, why, how, how are you going to do this? Like, it would have been great if she did. Like, maybe it would have been like a, a a great, like, yay, rah, rah moment of it. But, um, yeah, it just, it didn't make sense. Yeah, but you knew it wasn't going to happen because they can't have her be the person that kills Michael Myers. She's a side character. It's got to be Lori. If Lori couldn't do it in the first one, how is her granddaughter going to be able to do it? That's, I mean, that's, that's the way I saw it. Yeah, but it just seemed like she was, they just made her so unlikable for Mm. some reason. Like somehow, or just unrelatable almost and unrealistic. And, you know, you brought up uh, something that I didn't think of or that, that I thought of at the moment that I forgot about till now was how ironic was it that um, Karen, who was played by Judy Greer, got killed mm-hmm. in the same spot as Michael Myers' sister. Ju- he, he killed his sister, Judith. Yeah, that was it was pretty. <laughs> I, that almost has to be planned. That almost has to be like thought through you know like they're like well we're gonna do this yeah her name's judy you know let's let's kill her you could almost almost write a clickbait type article about this and just be like only real horror fans picked up on this detail (laughs) (laughs) right and you click on it like oh yeah the you're like oh yeah we all saw it (laughs) (laughs) oh amanda so so thank you so much for taking time out of your hungover day to chat with me about halloween (laughs) Yeah, anytime. It's always fun. It's always fun to talk to you. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we already have something in the works for next time, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be really fun. I don't know if you want to tell people what it is. So I'm going to zip my lips. Not yet. We'll, we'll do that. I, I was thinking maybe like in January or February. Yeah, yeah, All I right. think that'll be really fun. I think so too. All right, well, you enjoy the rest of your day and I uh, will talk to you soon. You too. All Great right. to talk to you. Bye.